Well, good morning, Cross Point. I hope everybody's doing well this morning. How many of you doing good this morning? Amen? I got to ask this question just, for, just to humor me a little bit, but uh, how many of you are here this morning and you, didn't, you were not aware that the, the time changed and you think this is first service? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? We, uh, we had a light crowd in, uh, in, in the first service and we, we figured it was because uh, that a lot of you are thinking you're in the first service now. At least that was our conclusion. So I just wanted to ask. I knew none of you would uh, answer that uh, honestly anyway, but, uh, but I just had to ask. I hope you're doing well this morning. Excited about you being here. Excited about the message this morning. I'll tell you, um, I, I want to tell you why I'm excited. I, I believe this message today is one that is, is empowering for us uh, as individual followers of Christ Jesus. And, uh, and what I mean by empowering is I believe that, that, you know, when we look into Scripture, a lot of times when we're, when we're processing Scripture, we're reading through Scripture, we're studying Scripture, we see that a lot of the Scripture is very theological. In other words, we, as, as we read Scripture, we realize that, that our understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, you know, as, as we study Scripture, we begin to gain insight on who He is. Uh, but, but at the same time, a lot of times Scripture is very very practical, and it helps us to understand how to live out our life as followers of Christ Jesus. And obviously, we're here today, and, uh, and, and we're going through a series called, called Come Follow Me. And so one of the things that we want to understand better, or at least we should, is that uh, we want to understand how to follow Jesus better. We want to understand if Jesus has called us to follow Him, and indeed He has as, as believers in Christ Jesus, then we want to know how to do that. And so, uh, you know... I look at the text that we're going to be looking at today and, and, and what this message is really about. And what I see is a message that really empowers us to live for Jesus, to, to uh, follow Him better, to live out our purpose as followers of Christ Jesus, and to ultimately glorify Him, to bring glory to Him, to, to honor Him with our life. And so I'm very excited about the message here this morning um, you know, all throughout Scripture, Jesus uh, challenges us to follow Him. But I, I want to kind of start off before I pray this morning with a passage out of Isaiah. And I love this, this passage of Scripture, Isaiah 43, verse 6 and 7. And uh, the Word says this, it says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created... For my glory, whom I formed and I made. You know, I, I was reading that passage and just sort of dwelling on it. it. It really wasn't part of the message until I just felt like I just uh, felt led to just bring this to you as sort of the springboard for our prayer. But I look at the scripture and it says, Bring from afar the, the sons and, and the daughters and everyone who is called by my name whom I created for my glory whom I formed and I made. I looked at that and I realized that to take all that we are in Christ Jesus and to understand everything that we have been given to bring glory to God, that there is absolutely nothing greater than, what we could, than that for what we could do with our lives. Absolutely nothing. It, it's, it's amazing to understand that the reason that we have been created, the reason that we have been formed, the reason that, that God has, has gifted us in the ways that He has, in the, way, in, the, in the reason He has blessed us in the ways that He has, 
is to ultimately live for Him, to bring glory to Him, to honor Him, to praise Him, to ultimately worship Him. And there is absolutely nothing greater to do with our life than that. And so I, I, just, I just thought that was really amazing to think about as I was looking in that passage of Scripture. And I wanted to share that with you before we dive into God's Word and before we pray. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump into the message today. Pray with me if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we thank You for this day, and we thank You, Father, for just the opportunity we have to gather in this room together on a day when, quite honestly, it's, it's a day that we probably all would have rather stayed in, in bed, a rainy day, a day where we, we lost an hour of sleep. And Father, I, I think about that, and I think about how thankful I am for those that are here today because, God, we saw this as a day that is worthy of us coming in here and worshiping You in spirit and truth. Collectively gathering in this place to not only worship You, but also to hear from You. And Father, today as we dive into Your Word and we continue in a series that we have titled, Come Follow Me, as we think about what it means as a believer to follow Jesus rather than to just, to just know Him, I pray, Father, that You would speak deeply into our hearts. And I pray, Father, that You would move us in such a way that our hearts would be stirred. And God, that we would be changed forever. Lord, we love You so much and we praise You. We honor You now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The message this morning is titled, God's Plan for Our Talents. God's Plan for Our Talents. You know, last week we talked about the reality that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we are called to, to uh, give Him our time, our talents, and our treasures. And so today we're, we're talking about our talents. We're going to be looking at a couple of different passages to understand this. First, we'll be going to Matthew chapter 25. We're looking at, at a, a few verses there, 14 through 18. And then we're going to jump over to 1 Peter, and we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. So you might want to go ahead and turn in both of those passages and, and just be prepared as we move from one to the other. But today I, I want to start off by, by saying this, that when I talk about God's plan for our talents, what I'm talking about here, is, what I'm referring to is our abilities, our skills, our gifts that we receive from God, those, those abilities that we have to use for the glory of God. Uh, in other words, when we look at the word talent, we see in the dictionary several different definitions of this word. And, and, and what I'm using here is to understand it as the giftedness that we have through Christ Jesus. Uh, one way that we can uh, define talent is this. Any natural aptitude, ability, giftedness, or skill that we possess. What we're going to be looking at today is that God gives us these gifts. He gives us these, these gifts, these abilities, these skills, these talents to use for His glory. But also, we see another meaning for the word talent. And that, that meaning would be this, that a talent can also be a former weight and unit of currency, that is money, used especially by ancient Romans and Greeks. Today's passage, we're going to start out looking at the, the parable of the talents. And in this parable, Jesus is using this word talents, 
referring to wealth or referring to currency or referring to money or finances. And I know this may seem a bit, a bit confusing because here's the point I'm trying to make is that Jesus uses a parable about money to communicate a truth about not wasting our life and our opportunities that we have been given in a message that I am talking about using our spiritual gifts. Are you confused yet? But here's the thing. I believe that if you'll just bear with me, we'll dive into this text and you're going to see how this text points to a reality that as believers in Christ Jesus, that we are called not to waste our life, not to waste the opportunities that we have been given to advance the kingdom of God for His glory. And that's what we want to talk about today as we dive into the Word. So Matthew 25, starting with verse 14 through 18, and this is where we'll, we'll start and we'll use this passage to springboard into the message. Verse 14, now Jesus is, is using a parable to teach. He often used parables. And he is answering a question which we'll talk about in just a moment. But Jesus says this in this parable, this story that he's telling. He says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received five talents, he went at once and he traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent, he went and he dug in the ground and he hid his master's money. Now let me stop right there for just a moment because... The whole point of this parable, even though Jesus is talking about a financial instrument called a talent, he's talking about currency here, that the point that he is trying to make in this story is that each of these three men that we see here, the one who received the five talents, the one who received the two, and the one who received the one, each of these men were given an opportunity. And what we see as we continue to read the story is that one of these men wasted his opportunity. It says in the gospel that the man who received five talents, he took the five talents, and he really without permission of the one whom he served, he went and he invested those talents. He took those talents and he, he traded with them. He, he took those talents and what he did is he produced five more talents, therefore making a total of ten talents for the man whom he worked for. The man who received two talents, he went out also, likewise, and he invested and he did something with those two talents to transform two talents into four talents. And so these men obviously took a, a bit of a risk with what belonged to the man whom they worked for, but then the, the last guy, he chose to take a safer route. And what he did is he took the one talent that he had been given and he went out and he dug a hole in the ground and he buried it and he covered it up and he hid that talent into his, his, the guy who he worked for came back. And as he came back, he dug this talent up and he presented it to this man and he said, here's what you entrusted with me. I haven't done anything with it. I didn't spend it. I didn't lose it. I didn't, 
I didn't gain anything with it. He says, I'm giving it back. And as we read the rest of the story, we come to realize that this man was the one who was rebuked in the story for being, listen to this, lazy. Being lazy. You know, I remember the first time I ever read this story, and I thought, man, that's pretty harsh, this rebuke that this man received. But not really understanding, because I was thinking he was keeping the money safe. What if the others lost it? But, but the point that Jesus is making in this is that this was a wasted opportunity. That oftentimes in life, we are given much. Oftentimes in life, we are, we are giving opportunities to, to use that which we receive from a holy and righteous God to impact the kingdom for His glory. And what we see is this, this truth, this understanding about this talent being exposed and this man ultimately getting rebuked. Now, to understand this, talent, we need to also, uh, this parable, we also need to understand why Jesus began with this, this story. What was the purpose of him telling this story? You see, if we go back to Matthew chapter 24, we see where Jesus was talking about the end of age. He says that there'll be a time where the, where, where the, you know, the ages we know it will end and, and, and Jesus will, he will eventually ascend into heaven and his kingdom will come. And so as he's explaining this to the disciples, obviously they're a bit confused and, and, and many times they begin to ask him, well, Jesus, when will you come back? When will you return? And what Jesus says over and over and over throughout 24 and 25 is he says this. He says, no one will know the day in which I will return. No one knows. And the point that he is making is he says, no one knows the day. No one knows the hour. The point that Jesus is making is this. Don't worry about when I will come back. Worry about what you will do while I'm gone. That's the point of this message. What will you do while I'm gone? How will you serve me? How will you live out your life as a follower of Christ Jesus while I am away? Now I love how Peter explains this. In 1 Peter we see really the same thing being presented to us as followers of Christ Jesus, trying to understand exactly what we need to do with our life as followers of Christ Jesus. And, and Peter says this in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11, he says this. Listen to these words carefully. He says, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Let me read that to you again because it's so important that we understand this, that we hear this. He says, God has given each of you a gift. Every one of us. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Then listen to this. He says, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All the glory and the power to Him forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the similarities between this story, what Peter is sharing, and the, the, the parable that Jesus shared with the men who were given the talents? Peter is 
reminding us in this passage that whatever is given to us, to use it with all strength and power that we have, with a great passion, use it. Because what has happened is God has given us a gift to bring glory to His name. God has given us a gift to ultimately glorify Him, to praise Him, to worship Him, and to ultimately advance His kingdom as we go out into the world making disciples. And as we think about that, we have the opportunity to take that which we have been given much and use it, even though it may seem a bit risky at times, we have the opportunity to use this and, and, and maybe, maybe you know, make some bad mistakes along the way, but, but to live for Jesus, or we have the opportunity to take what God has given us and just kind of hang on to it. I know He'll be back. Maybe then I'll use this gift that He has given me. There are several things that we learn from this passage in Peter. I want to sort of go over these. The first one is this, is that every one of us has been given at least one spiritual gift. At least one. From those people that I know, most everybody that I know has several different abilities and gifts and skills that they can use for the, for the kingdom of God. It's amazing how you look into people's life, how God uniquely makes each and every one of us. But in that design in that creation that that whom we are even though we may be a bit insecure and think that we don't have the ability to do much of anything even in that God has created in each and every one of us as followers of Christ Jesus the ability to do something for his kingdom and we know that because all through scripture it talks about this but nowhere in scripture is it more clear than the passage that we're looking at here today where it says here in the Word of God, it says here, God has given each of you a gift. God has given every one of us a gift. God has given each of you a gift. The problem is, is that often we're unwilling to open that gift. Imagine, if you will, sitting around the house with your family during Christmas. And as you know, most of us probably here today, we exchange gifts with our family. And, but I know for us, we travel and we go see our parents and all. But imagine, if you will, that you're, you're sitting around the tree and it's Christmas time and you're visiting your parents and, and, and suddenly your dad walks in and, and he walks in with this gift. And you've never seen your dad. Your mom's the one that always bought the gifts, right? But in walks your dad and he's got this gift. And you can see on his face, man, he is excited, you know? He's very excited about what's happening. And he walks in to give you this gift. And it's wrapped beautifully. I mean, it's a beautifully wrapped gift. And, and it, it's just, I mean, obviously he didn't do it, right? <laughs> but, it, it, but there's this gift that's, been, that's being presented to you. And as it is being presented, I mean, this is sort of catching you off guard. You've never really seen this before. But he's, he gives you this gift. And, and if you're like me, you, you do several things with that gift, don't you? First of all, I weigh it. How many of you do, you do that? To me, if it's heavy, it's a quality gift, okay? If it's light, it's socks and I could care less, right? Okay, so I, I weigh it. I want to I feel some weight there. I mean, you know, I want something I can use like an anvil. An anvil would weigh a lot, right? So I want something that's got some weight to it. So I do that. I always, I always weigh it. You, you don't tell anybody, but you're going, you know, like this. You know, you're just kind of checking it out. But then another thing I do with a gift is I shake it. You ever do that? You shake it, and I, and I love the gifts that slide from one end of the box to the other. They're revealing when they do that. You know, you, you do this, and you don't feel anything go. I mean, again, you're talking about a pair of socks, but, 
Man, if it slides over and bumps this side of the box and slides back over and bumps it, that's awesome. I mean, I'm thinking this is a good gift. But you do that, you evaluate it. But suppose this gift is given to you, and in the midst of this gift giving that you have received, suddenly you take the gift and, and, and seeing your dad just anticipating you unwrapping this gift and seeing what he went out and bought for you for Christmas, you just sort of set it to the side and say, thanks, Dad. Aren't you going to open it? I'll get to it later. Well, I mean, this, I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to, I think you're going to see that this gift is going to be very useful. You might want to go ahead and open it now. Well, I just don't feel like it, Dad. I'm not really into it right now. I look at this passage and I see God has given each of us a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. And I realize that oftentimes those that aren't using their gifts for His glory, those that aren't using His gifts for the advancement of the kingdom of God, it's not because they haven't received it, it's just that they just don't care about opening it. And I don't, I don't think that's what Christ has called us to do as followers of Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, we read this passage, and I love this. It says, For as in one body we have many members, talking about the church, talking about the bride of Christ, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The thing I love about this is it says this. It says members do not have the same function. I mean, look around the room for just a moment and just, just imagine, I mean, do you see anybody here that looks just like you? You know, the reality is that you can look around the room, you can search, you probably won't see that, but something else we won't find is, is somebody who is created just like us, like you. The, the reality is we were all created differently. We were all, uh, you know, are uniquely different in our own way. And yet God would give us a gift to bring into the faith family as he assembles, as he calls. He brings us into this place to use these gifts. And though we are many, we have an opportunity to use the gift for his glory, ultimately lifting one another up, ultimately living for him, ultimately reaching others, ultimately making disciples. Because that's the way he chose to do things. And so we see that each and every one of us have got a gift. Here's another thing that I wrote down as a, a bit of a truth here as we look at scriptures that we should use our gifts by serving others faithfully and passionately. We should use our gifts to serve others faithfully and passionately. Here's something I, I thought about as I was looking at this and reading this text. And it's this, that just because the gift has your name on it, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily just yours. You see, God gives you this gift. He equips you with a gift. He blesses you with a gift. He gives you a gift that you may use this gift for His glory, but also to ultimately serve others. That's why we say around here, serve your church, serve your city, serve your world. Because the gifts that God has given us are not just ours to be blessed by. They're not just ours to hang on to. They're not just ours to bury in the sand. The gifts that God has given us, He's given us to use for other people. And we see this in our text today as we continue to read. 
He says here, he says, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Then he says this, he says, use them well to serve who? Not self, to serve one another. Use your gift to serve one another. That tells us right there that the gift is not just ours. God's given it to us to use, to be the one who uses the gift, but it's not just for us. It's just because it has our name on it doesn't mean it's just mine. And so he says here, we see in the gospel, it says, use them to serve well one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Several things that stand out to me is this, where it says these words, and I wrote, I just underlined these, these three words. Use them well. Use them well. Use those gifts well. God's giving you something. Just do it with all the strength and the energy that God supplies. Now I know some of you may be sitting here today and, and you may be thinking, well, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you are sitting here today and you just never really processed it. We're going to talk a little bit at the end of this message about how to to, to pursue an understanding of your gift, but also we as a staff can help you understand what it is that maybe God has equipped you to do for His kingdom, to participate with His kingdom. But imagine, if you will, for just a moment that, that the volunteers who serve in our DPK and our, our children's ministry, suppose for just a moment if they recognize the gift that they had to do such a thing, but they said, I don't want to mess with your children. That's my gift. It's not theirs. What if the people who are in our worship ministry came up here on, during the week and, and, and you know, they played and they, 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 they just did everything. They practiced. They, they, they made CDs and everything like that. But then when they come in here on Sunday morning, we come in here on Sunday morning, the stage is empty because they say, well, this is my gift, not yours. God has a tremendous way of giving us a gift that can be used for His glory, but He also has a tremendous way of giving us a gift that's not just solely ours. It's ours to use to impact the lives of others. And so we look into this text and we see where he says, use them well to do what? To serve one another. To serve others. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Man, I don't know about you, but I walked in here this morning, I was tired. I'd been out of town and it was late getting in and then on top of that, they... I don't know, who, who does this time change thing? We need to send them a letter, don't we? Falling back isn't so bad, but springing forward? I mean, that's for the birds. I mean, that's, that's of the devil is what that is. I mean, man, losing an hour of sleep? I can't stand that. You know, I woke up, I was just grouchy this morning. I had to pray, God, help me. I got I to gotta have a change of heart before I go into church this morning. But the reality is we look into God's Word and it says here, the gifts that God has given you, use them for others, use them well. And it says here, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Thank God that God fills me up each morning. Amen? Fills you up each morning so that we can come in here and not be tired, but worship God in spirit and truth and with everything we have and to use the gift that God has given us each and every day. 
There was a, a Spanish theologian back in the 1500s. His name was um, Ignatius. And he wrote these words. He says, all the things in this world are gifts of God created for us to be the means by which we can come to know Him better, love Him more surely, and serve Him more faithfully. As a result, we ought to appreciate and use these gifts of God insofar as they help us toward our goal of loving service and union with God. I love that. You see, serving God, serving the church, serving your city, serving your world with the gift that God has given you is more than just volunteerism. In fact, it has nothing to do with being volunteers. It has everything to do with being followers of Christ who recognize the reality that God has gifted them to serve Him and His kingdom for His glory. It's not just about signing up on a volunteer sheet of paper and ever so often jumping in and, and helping. It's about using our gifts to impact the lives of others for His kingdom. Paul once said this in, in, in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Paul says, I'm free to do what I want to do. I'm free to live my life the way, you know, wherever I want to go. But, but the reality is this. I, I understand the calling on my life. Not as a minister of the gospel. He's not even talking about that. He's talking about simply as a, as, a, as a follower of Jesus Christ. As a follower of Jesus Christ. As a man who has been radically transformed by the power and the grace of God. He recognizes that he has been given everything that he has been given. And he is everything that he is to serve others. And he says here, I've made myself a servant to all. Paul, writing to Timothy, he said this in 2 Timothy 1.6. He says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. For those of us who are here today and we recognize that Christ dwells within us, that Christ is in us as believers in Christ Jesus, knowing that, that God has, has transformed our lives, that He is changed us into something else than what we used to be, that we are now not only believers in Christ Jesus, but we are followers in Christ Jesus. He says, fan into flame that gift of God which is in you. Every one of us having the ability to live for Jesus using the gifts that God has given us. The last thing I want to sort of wrap up with here is this, is that we should also be using the, the gifts God has given us because it pleases and honors Him. Look at how this passage ends. It says, do with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Look at this. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Then everything you do will bring glory to God. What I love about what Peter's saying here is he says, man, when we understand what we have been created for, when we understand that we have been created for something much more than ourselves, 
when we understand that God has come into our life and we have been saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, when we understand the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, when we have been transformed by an almighty God and we, we understand that, that we have been given a gift to use for His kingdom, for His glory, for, for His praise, for His honor, when we understand that, our lives will be transformed forever. And as we use this gift, God will be glorified. God will be pleased. God will be honored. Jackie Robinson once said this. He says, he says, life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life in the grandstand just watching what goes on, in my opinion, you're wasting your life. As a follower of Christ Jesus, that couldn't be more true. God has called every one of us not to be a spectator in some grand sport of things, but He has called us all to live for Jesus, to follow Him, to serve Him, and to ultimately bring glory to Him through our efforts, through our works. We're not saved by our works. But our salvation is revealed through our works. And so we see this, and we come to understand it. God given us these gifts to use for His glory. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 6 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And I love this. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And look at verse 6. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. We are united. We are unified by a holy and righteous God, by our Savior Jesus Christ, we are empowered by the Spirit of God to live out our lives as believers in Christ Jesus and to ultimately bring glory to Him through the things in which we do with our life. Let us not waste our life. Let us not just live as though someone has received a gift and set it aside. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to go out to California, and uh, man, I tell you, I love, I love visiting there. I don't think I ever want to live there, but, uh, but, but I loved going out there, and one of the things I had an opportunity to do is, is visiting a redwood forest. In fact, we went to several different ones. I'd always wanted to do that as a boy, and uh, I, I remember reading in National Geographic or different outdoor magazines about the, the, the great redwood trees, and, and, and when I got out there, I was just amazed by how big and how tall they were. Uh, and I learned something about redwoods. Redwoods are the tallest tree in the world. They're the tallest tree in the world. And you stand there and you just look, and it looks like you're looking up into the heavens. I mean, they just, they just go on and on and on forever. And I remember just learning that about the, the redwoods. I also learned that the redwood tree is a very strong tree. It's a very hardy tree. I mean, that's why it lives for thousands of years, because the wind won't blow it down. You know, it, it's just strong. It's a strong tree. It, it, it's, a, it's a tall tree. But I also learned this, that you never see a redwood tree by itself. You never see one by itself because they don't exist by themselves. You see, they have a weakness that is not obvious when you walk up to the tree. And that weakness is their root system is very shallow. But that weakness is also its strength because in the shallowness of those roots, you have the roots that are intertwining with the roots of other trees. And that's where their strength comes in. And so you'll never walk up and see a redwood tree. You'll walk up and see a redwood forest. And it's in that forest that you have strength. 
because together they're better, okay? And so we see this in this, this understanding of the Redwoods. And, and I look at that and I think, man, that is the life of the church as God has brought us all in here together, all saved by the grace of God, saved by, by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And God brings us in here together. He forms his church. He forms his body. He forms his bride. Why? Because he loves his bride. He brings us together. And here we, though many, have a different function. And here, though many, we are tall and we are strong because everything about us is intertwined and grafted together by the Spirit of God in our life. We are called here for a purpose. The reality of us being here on Sunday morning should never be because we enjoy the music. It should never be because we enjoy the message. It should never be for just those reasons, although those may be icings on the cake. The reality is we are gathered here together that we may come together and be unified together for a purpose much greater than ourselves. And that purpose is to serve God with our gifts. Amen. Give glory to God. We are called, and we say this a lot, but I mean it with all my heart. We are called not to just go to church, but to be the church. That's something we must understand. And we live in a world today where there are just too many Christians, too many believers of Christ Jesus, who are, their, who are living their life as mere spectators, as though it was some grand sport watching and waiting while they hold on to their gifts. You know, when we come together like the great redwoods, you know, I think about all that we can accomplish. That is, that, the, that those who are living lives of hopelessness, they can discover hope in Christ Jesus. I think about the realities that there are people in our community that are hurting or have been hurt. And the reality that when we come together, they might find restoration and healing and redemption through Christ Jesus. That there are people living in our community who are alone, who feel more lonely than we ever have in our whole life. And through our efforts together as we go out into a community and we proclaim the gospel as we serve those among us in this church, as we, as we celebrate Jesus in this place, as, as we even go to the ends of the earth on missions, that those people who are living their life in such a lonely place will discover that they have a best friend and His name is Jesus. That they have a Redeemer in Christ Jesus. Together we can bring so much to our church and our community even the world what do we learn from this what do we do with this two things I want to challenge you with before I close first of all learn to use your gift to honor God learn to use the gift that God has given you to honor him don't waste your life don't be a spectator learn to use that gift for his glory for his kingdom Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. The second thing is this. Lean 
into Christ for your equipping, for your sanctification, for everything that you need to carry out living your life using your gift. Lean into Christ Jesus. I love what Jesus says in John chapter 15. He says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The greatest truth that we could learn here today about being a follower of Christ Jesus is leaning into Jesus. Leaning into Christ Jesus. Leaning into Him. Abiding in Him that He may abide in us. See, there's about 20% of you that are awake. And the other 80% are sound asleep. It's that hour, I'm telling you, it'll get to you. Go home, take a nap in just a moment. But let us remember the truth that Christ has come and He died for us. By God's grace, we have been saved through faith in Christ Jesus. And as believers in Christ Jesus, He challenges us to abide in Him. And He promises that He'll abide in us. And with that transformation of life, He empowers us with at least one spiritual gift, oftentimes many more, to be used for something much greater than ourselves. Let us as the church be used by God. Let us not waste our life as followers of Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And, you know, if, if there's questions you have, our pastors will be down front. If you want them to come and if you want to come and, and just have them pray for you after the service, we'll be down front or in the connection room. You're welcome to join us down here. Maybe for some of you here today, just, the, just the, the thought of abiding in Christ Jesus is something that challenges you. And, and maybe that's not been something that's been a part of your life. Maybe for you today, just a response to that, just knowing that God is speaking into your heart about abiding. And maybe the greatest thing for you this morning, your greatest act of worship, is not to stand up and sing, but to come to this altar and spend time with a holy and righteous God asking Him to empower you that you may live out your faith as a follower of Christ the way He intended. Let us pray, and then let us respond. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank You for this day. And God, we thank You for this, this life, God, oftentimes life can be overwhelming. Oftentimes life can be hard. Oftentimes life can be uncertain. But God, this we know. Father, by Your Spirit, we can have a greater understanding of our purpose in this, this world. And by Your Spirit, we can have a greater understanding of the calling that You have placed on our life. Each and every one of us as believers to be followers of Christ Jesus. And knowing, God, that to be a follower of Christ Jesus, that means giving of our time and our talents and even our treasure. And God, we love You so much and we, we thank You for the opportunity we have to live for You, to be a part of, of what You're doing in our life. And Lord, as we search the Word of God, and, and Lord, we, we come to understand so much about who You are. 
as we come to understand how great and powerful you are, how mighty and forgiving you are, how merciful and loving you are. God, I pray that that would draw us ever closer unto yourself. That we would have a desire greater than anything else within us to live for you and for your kingdom and for your glory. God, we love you. We praise you. And we worship you now in the name of Jesus. Amen.